Jesus returned to Galilee with the power of the Spirit. News about him spread everywhere. He taught in the Jewish meeting places, and everyone praised him. Jesus went back to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and as usual, he went to the meeting place on the Sabbath. When he stood up to read from the scriptures, he was given the book of Isaiah, the prophet. He opened it and read, The Lord's Spirit has come to me, because he has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent me to announce freedom for prisoners, to give sight to the blind, to free everyone who suffers, and to say, This is the year the Lord has chosen. Jesus closed the book, then handed it back to the man in charge, and sat down. Everyone in the meeting place looked straight at Jesus. Then Jesus began to say to them, What you have just heard me read has come true today. May these words from the Gospel according to Luke be to us the word of the Lord. Hello and welcome to the Lectio Cascadia podcast. I'm Brandon Rhodes and I'm glad you're here. Thank you, of course, to Kevin McLeod at Incompete Tech for our music this week. So this is a fascinating way to... <laughs> Uh, for Christ to start a sermon, right? Like, hey, you know that crazy ambitious liberation poem from hundreds of years ago? Yeah, it's happening with me. Uh, mic drop? Uh, it, it really is just, it's, it's, it's what it feels like to me. Uh, now, granted, uh, it, it, looks to, it looks like, if you kind of get into the Greek of it, um, like Jesus uh, shows up and... He doesn't exactly say just that phrase. It, it seems more like Luke, the, the, the storyteller here, is using that as sort of a summary of a wider thing that Jesus said. Uh, there's also a clue in there um, where it says, and he began to say to them. So there's a hint there that there's more that he's going to say. And indeed, don't, don't turn up... Don't open up your Bible yet to see uh, what happens next in the story. But um, yeah, this is actually the lectionary has stopped the story right in the middle of it and invited us to just settle in to this this part of the story that we have so far. People have heard about Jesus. He goes to his hometown and there's this slow, methodical play by play. He comes in. He sits down. He stands up. He's given the scroll. He opens it. Here's where he turns to. He reads it. He hands it back. He goes back and sits down. Everybody looks at him, and he set, he does the mic drop thing. It's this concise and yet patient story. Uh, now, a lot of scholars, they say this is sort of Jesus' public it's like his uh, announcement of his Messiah campaign, of his ministry, of his uh, reign of God work. This this thing that Jesus is about, uh, inaugurating God's reign, uh, turning the world upside down, this is his sort of campaign speech. He turns to, uh, uh, in a, well, turns to, he rolls, he rolls a scroll to Isaiah... 60. Now that's towards the bottom of a scroll from a old Hebrew prophet named Isaiah, uh, who or someone writing in his name, uh, from hundreds of years before, 
when um, Jesus's people uh, was predominantly stuck in physical exile way out in Babylon. And it's this promise of a world turned right side up. Of uh, It's part of a sequence of these snapshots of God saying, when I do the big thing, this these are some of the things that it's going to look like. And it's also a, a snapshot of the Hebrew people wondering aloud what that might look like. So you've got a few good details there, right? We're looking at uh, the Lord's Spirit is upon me to tell good news, announce freedom for prisoners, give sight to the blind, free everyone who suffers, and say, this is the year the Lord has chosen. Now, the, the Lord's year um, in, uh, in the Hebrew world, in the, in the Jewish imagination, uh, every, was it 49 or 50 years, there was this rhythm that they were called to practice, this Lord's year called the Jubilee, where uh, basically it was a complicated system of how to undo what for the past 50 years had been all of this uh, consolidation of wealth and this hoarding of land from abundance to scarcity. It's this letting go of the stretched back rubber band of injustice and insisting upon justice. Everyone is given an inheritance again, no matter what our systems of extortion and alienation and market have done. And that's what uh, Isaiah is promising, and Christ says, yeah, that jubilee thing, the big jubilee, that's what's going on in me. So let that be clear. Uh, Jesus' hey, here's what I'm about campaign doesn't begin with, you're all sinners, and God is angry at you, and he needs some violence and some something to deal with that. What Jesus is saying, what he was about, he's turned to a profoundly political and economic and land-based sense of what he's going to be about. If he's going to be the Messiah, it's not just about a new way to be spiritual. It's not just a new way to um, secure your eternal belovedness. <laughs> um, it's about how to turn the world right side up, how to um, mend the world. He's saying this is going to be happening through me. So it is profoundly political. But I get ahead of myself. I want to say a little bit more about the historical setting of this. Uh, so Jesus's culture his people, yeah, uh, Isaiah was written back in exile, um, but there was a sense in which the exile was still happening. They were still stuck in the land. They were still, uh, they, they were back in the land, but they were stuck there. There wasn't empowerment. Sort of like all of those people who every 40 years was in the land, but someone had taken it from them, the rich. Now, in this case, and so then a jubilee, of course, would have uh, reset that. There's no real evidence that they ever actually did this jubilee thing, which would have been cool. <laughs> in fact, if they had actually 
practice justice instead of injustice, they may not have ever gone out into exile in the first place. The two big reasons these prophets, these people who raged against the machine in in Yahweh's name, uh, to the rulers, the two big reasons the exodus or the uh, exile happened: injustice and idolatry, which it could be argued are two sides of the same coin. We have to dog ear that one. Consider it, uh, but yes. In, uh, this Jubilee thing never really seems to have taken off, but it, it latched itself, um, became sort of a pebble in the shoe, uh, in the sandal of those yearning to breathe free. It became, it became a brush that we could paint God's future with, our hopes and yearnings with uh, Jubilee. Um, uh, being in the land... And of it, having the land um, be something they have access to, and the abundance of the land be something they have access to. They really didn't have that in um, the first century uh, when Jesus was walking around. Uh, several uh, regional empires had clobbered them and kept them in under oppression. So instead of having... Uh, more rich Jewish or Hebrew folk being the people overpowering you and keeping you from Jubilee, it was these empires. And what's worse, the spirit wasn't even there anymore. It didn't feel like that because they didn't have a temple. And that was, of course, where you went to find um, the presence of, of Yahweh. So it's no wonder their hopes were for some sort of ultimate epic Jubilee where in Isaiah we see the spirit is poured out, the baddies are going to be crushed, the people are going to be vindicated. And so that's the passage that's a, a, Jesus reads from those poems of hope. And he claims somehow this is what he is up to, is a long, at last, resolution to that it's a window into Jesus—so there's a window into uh, Jesus' own understanding of why the Spirit is upon him. And it's clear. Liberation. <laughs> freedom. Freedom for my people uh, is what he's bringing. So to say it another way, God has chosen me to tell the good news to the poor, says Christ. Therefore, the Lord's Spirit has come to me. So to have the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of God, upon you is because God has chosen, or at least for Christ, uh, this, this vocation of liberation, of jubilee, of uh, putting things right side up, of ending exile, and of um, bringing people into a reconciled, peaceable, equitable space. That's what the Spirit of the Lord coming upon humanity is about. Now, why do I keep on stretching that out? Stretching it out like, isn't this passage just about Jesus? Well, yes. Uh, and and uh, as we discover uh, in the rest of the story, like Luke, Luke doesn't just write this story about uh, Jesus from birth up to uh, resurrection. He then has a, he's got a sequel to this, 
called uh, the Acts of the Apostles, where towards the beginning, uh, after Christ's followers are trying to figure out what the hell <laughs> comes next, uh, uh, the Spirit of God uh, like blasts through the room and shows up, and uh, all kinds of zany things happen. But all of uh, the followers of Jesus are filled with the Holy Spirit, are filled with the Lord's Spirit. And then, so, so notice what comes next in that story. In that story, uh, the, the uh, people who are doing this Jesus way to be human together, they start sharing. They start taking care of one another. They uh, give up a lot of their material possessions to make sure no one, no one is living in need. The Spirit of the Lord falls on them, and they start to jubilee in some way. Interesting, isn't it? <laughs> uh, but yeah, to go back to that question, why am I stretching? Why am I stretching this uh, theme of the Lord's Spirit um, coming onto Jesus? Why am I saying like, well, that that's true for everyone? Uh, well, I think it's because there's a there's a uh, insight that the early church had, and that is. Uh, what is true uh, of Jesus becomes true of those he follows. They began to understand that there's an ongoing Jesus resonant way to be human together. The people who are tuning uh, the instruments of their very selves, their very lives, to this story of Jesus um, enter into and join that vocation, that liberation vocation, that jubilee space. So, uh, yeah, what happens when the Spirit of God lands on humanity? They enter into this, what they call the Nazareth Manifesto, this Nazareth Manifesto way of being. Uh, so, to be immersed into uh, the people of God is to be immersed into the Spirit, is to be immersed into uh, the life of this liberating God, the life of this God who um, does jubilee. So uh, if you want to be spiritual, spirit-filled, to have, well, as we talked about last week, <laughs> as I talked about, um, spiritual gifts, uh, practice jubilee. That's what it looks like. To be spiritual is to be making sure everyone has enough, to be making sure that good news is uh, brought to the poor, freedom for prisoners, sight to the blind, freedom for everyone who suffers, redistribution of wealth. That's what the Spirit of God does. Now, maybe there's this sense in which you're saying, doesn't that happen won't that happen at the end of time? Why do we need to do that now? Uh, a fair question. Uh, the truth is we are at the end of time. That is what uh, the Jesus, uh, history after Jesus is, is uh, living into a world right side up to be people together somehow that are pointing to God's commitment to, to this world, God's commitment to humanity. Uh, to, to right wrongs, to release prisoners, uh, to bring the poor out of poverty. Uh, that kind of future is what we're supposed to be doing. All those promises coming true, end of exile, pouring out of the Spirit, jubilee. Um, Jesus says, "You, it's fulfilled in me. 
So the big tomorrow, God's new age. Uh, well, we're to be the God's new age people. We're to be the big tomorrow people, the Jubilee people. So if you want to live in the spirit, uh, meditate on God putting the world right side up and meditate on the story of Christ saying, this way of being human is about that kind of world, and I am about it. Now, of course, to actually step into that kind of jubilee, liberation, uh, story, and world, and people, uh, it doesn't always go great. Uh, it didn't go great for Jesus. Uh, he got killed. Um, but uh, even in this story, you'll see, you'll see how uh, his hometown responds as he uh, says these crazy things. Uh, but that that's not what we're here about today. I just uh, that, that'll come in the lectionary in two weeks. So I, I want to just end with, uh, yeah, gratitude that this story somehow made its way into uh, this collection of sacred stories that we call uh, the Christian scriptures, that uh, when the Spirit of God lands, Things get turned right side up, and sometimes right upside down. And then we are invited to enter into this. We are empowered by this. So may your future be uh, attuned to this future, God's future, as revealed in this story. The Lord's Spirit has come to you because he has chosen you to tell the good news to the poor. The Lord has sent you to announce freedom for prisoners, to give sight to the blind, to free everyone who suffers, and to say this is the year the Lord has chosen. And God has given you family to do that with. May your week ahead be filled with curiosity and wonder, gratitude and laughter, courage and presence, and may the peace of Christ be with you. Thank you.